Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. It is wonderful to have all of you. Thank you very much for all the email, and thank you for your great support and following of this show. You know, what I always say about that, the more people that hear what needs to be heard, the more people that speak up, as Tony Coelho said the other day, when you get a chance to take the podium, you've got to take that chance. You've got to speak up. Then hopefully, in this presidential election coming up, we will for the first time be mentioned and not ignored. And that is why I am very excited to have a friend and a champion and someone that everyone in the disability community that gets it really thinks the world of and admires, and that is John Lancaster, who is the executive director of the National Council on Independent Living, known and referred to as Nickel, as our guest today. And as I have mentioned to him, I'm going to make it a point of having he or someone from Nickel on throughout the year next year because I want to make sure you are all hearing what needs to be heard. And so what an honor it is. John, welcome to the show again. Thank you, Joyce, and it's a it's a pleasure being here, and uh, thanks for continuing to do this great show. Well, my first question, and I, when I, I was thinking about this the other day, what am I going to ask John about first? And you know what I wanted to ask you at first? I wanted to know what is keeping you up at night. What what are you the most worried about right now? That we want to know what's on your mind. Well, besides, will my Notre Dame Fighting Irish beat the <laughs> Penn State Nittany Lions this coming Saturday? Uh, besides that, <laughs> uh, the the issue that's 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 really on my mind right now is is what's going to happen with um, this whole uh, implementation of money follows the person and is it really going to help us um, move the whole process forward of, of deinstitutionalizing people with uh, um, severe and significant disabilities from nursing homes and state institutions. And uh, that's a pressing issue that's that's uh, on my mind and on the mind of the National Council on Independent Living these days. Yes, and I want to talk about that because I want our listeners to really understand that because part of my concern, I'm really glad you brought this up, John. I was there on July 26th when Mark McClellan, who I guess is stepping down now, but um, who, who brought, the head of uh, Medicare who talked about all that Bob Cap is going to be so happy because of this being passed, which of course we all are happy that, it, that it's being passed. But can you tell our listeners in a little bit more detail what does that mean? Here I am. I'm in a nursing home. Okay, I'm in a nursing home. How does this impact me? Well, in the short term, it's not going to impact you. Um, in the long term, it's got a, a big potential of impacting you, depending on what your state does. Money Follows the Person, or MFP as we call it, has been one of Nichols' top priorities and was in, and we were successful along with other advocacy organizations in getting it included in this year's Deficit Reduction Act. MFP will fund $1.75 billion in demonstration projects 
for transitioning people with disabilities to community settings over the next five years. As implementation of MFP gets underway over the coming months, we're urging our member centers for independent living and we're fighting with the CMS, the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services, to strongly encourage states to apply uh, for this opportunity and be vigilant to ensure that the states have the active involvement of the disability community in the development, oversight, and evaluation of states' efforts around MFP if they do apply. Now, some states, including California, Virginia, Texas, Connecticut, Kansas, Delaware, Georgia, and the District of Columbia are embracing MFP and are ready to submit um, uh, requests for proposals to CMS. Unfortunately, several states, like Alabama and Utah, have already indicated that they're not going to take advantage of the opportunities that MFP offers. So that's um, very, very discouraging. Uh, in addition, you know, MFP, uh, to the MFP, the Deficit Reduction Act uh, contains some other provisions, one of them being Section uh, 6086, which also allows states to include, include home and community-based services as a state plan option without even applying for a waiver or MFP. Okay, wait, means, explain, explain what you mean by that, Sean. Well, um, uh, prior to MFP and prior to this Deficit Reduction Act, states had to apply for a waiver to their state Medicaid plan in order to use long-term care service dollars to serve people with significant disabilities in the community as opposed to a nursing home. Now, many states still have never applied for a waiver. And uh, this, with the new Deficit Reduction Act, they put in this Section 6086, which allowed states to just include home and community-based services part of a state plan option as opposed to going through an elaborate waiver process. So under this provision, states are now permitted to provide a package of community-based services under their state Medicaid plans without having to obtain a home and community-based services waiver. So we're hoping that um, um, states will be free, in, a, in essence, if they apply for this, to offer a full range of home and community-based service services to seniors and people with disabilities up to 150% of poverty level. And states that adopt this state plan option will be required to establish needs-based criteria for institutions that are more rigorous than those for community services. In other words, it's going to be kind of tougher then to direct people to the institution as opposed to serving them in the community, which is, of course, something that Nickel strongly advocates. Individuals who do not meet the institutional level would still be able to be served in the community under the state plan option, and, and that's a change that we strongly support. So we're, we're hopeful um, that these two provisions, uh, MFP and the Section 6086, are going to start um, <coughs> encouraging states and driving states uh, to make changes that uh, um, are really going to 
you know, support people with disabilities and living in the community. Now, you're telling me this money is going to be available in a few months from the federal government. Yep. Um, the the uh, I think it's November 1st. Uh, I should know that the states have to... Uh, end of October, that the states have to have their proposals in if they're going to apply for MFP. And then the money would become available in January. All right. So this money is going to become available in January. So let's say it's next year now and you're in a nursing home. How would this impact you? Well, if if your state is a state that's uh, chosen uh, money follows the person, uh, then there's a good chance you would be able to then um, start opting for the money following you and choose to start developing a plan, et cetera, that would move you uh, from the nursing home or the state institution into the community. Now, obviously, each state's plan on how that will occur uh, is going to be different, so I can't really speak at this time. You'd have to know what person state the person was in and all of that, and the plans would have to be submitted to uh, CMS for approval and uh, that sort of thing. But um, in theory, that's how it's uh, uh, generally going to work. And if it would be a state such as California, Delaware, some of these states you've mentioned, Mm -hmm. the person in the nursing home, how are they going to know about this? Um, well, that's a good question. Uh, hopefully that will be part of the proposals that uh, the states are submitting, how they're going to be informing people. Now, I'll tell you one thing. We'll be studying these state plans, and our Centers for Independent Living will be doing the best they can to make sure that all people with uh, significant disabilities or with disabilities that are in nursing homes and state institutions and want to get out are going to know about this and are going to have that choice. You know... I'll tell you, this is a national crisis, that so many people, as you referred to, John, are in prison. And, you know, if you're listening to the show right now, I want to just tell you, I want to tell you how important this is, and I'll talk about it more after the break, but I want you to know this is serious. This can happen to anyone at any age where you, when you have a significant dis- have a significant disability, end up in a nursing home and don't want to be there, and that's where you are. And we're going to talk more about that when we come back. But right now, I'm going to go to break. We are talking to John Lancaster, our friend, my friend, the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living and a great champion we should all be proud of. We'll be right back. You're listening to Joyce Bender, America's Voice, VoiceAmerica.com. Don't go away. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their 
their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Bringing you around the world right from your desktop. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. We're talking to John Lancaster, the Executive Director of Nickel. And if you just joined us, the first part of the show, we've been talking about Money Follows the Person and the great effort we're going to have next year to get people who are imprisoned in nursing homes, people with significant disabilities that should not be there, out. And what I was saying before we went to break is this could impact anyone. And I'll tell you what, I'm living this right now because a friend of mine who has a significant disability, she has MS. And, of course, as we all know, you can acquire a disability any time in your life at any time. And she was involved with someone for years, and that person, when they decided they were going to leave, and in case you don't know this, it's about 70% of the time that there are spouses that leave the person when they have a spinal cord injury or some other significant disability, told this person that they were going to have to go into a nursing home. Thank goodness I know this person. By the way, early 50s, bright, absolutely no need to be in a nursing home, and that's what was going to happen. And, John, I'm sure if that just happened to me this past few days, I'm sure that happens all over the country. That's for sure, Joyce. Unfortunately, it does. I mean, here are people, totally bright, able to, you know, wanting to have an independent life, and they are put in a nursing home. And what I don't understand, John, there are no laws about that, you know, where someone just decides, I don't want this person, and I'm putting them in a nursing home. How is that possible? Well, um, it's it, it's possible in many ways. Uh, the way it normally happens is, is a, a little less uh, obvious than that, and uh, even more insidious is a person... Uh, either due to disability or a combination of age and disability, um, is starting to have um, uh, issues, uh, medical issues, personal care attendant issues, uh, where they need certain levels of assistance so that they can uh, function on a daily basis. And um, states and the federal government 
uh, over the years have set up a system where the only place they can get those services is in an institution, that they're simply not available in the community. And the money has followed the institutions. The money has not supported, uh, up to this point, home and community-based services in most states. There's a few states where uh, there's that is an exception. There are actually... Uh, um, four states in the country that are currently spending more than half of their long-term care Medicaid dollars uh, on home and community-based services. And, and those states are uh, New Mexico, um, Oregon, um, Alaska, and Idaho. And interestingly enough, while those states, like all states, have uh, Medicaid funding issues and problems, uh, their states probably have the least severe problems and have uh, Medicaid expenditures um, more under control than, than most states. Isn't that interesting, Joyce? Huh. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it's it's because it's, it's far cheaper uh, to serve people pro- properly and more humanely um, in the home and in the community than it is in an institution. It's just less expensive, too. And studies have shown this, um, and it's, uh, it's, it's a given. So, All right, so uh, what does someone do, no matter where they live in the United States, if something like that happens to them, what, what do they do? Well, unfortunately, the way it works now in, in, in many, many states uh, where the state does not have a waiver program and, um, and, and, and particularly a state like, say, Tennessee or Alabama or Mississippi or Louisiana or Ohio or Pennsylvania, which are some of the worst states in the country in this regard, um, a person, um, let's say, lower middle income, uh, basically has to put themselves into poverty, uh, get rid of all their assets, and get themselves eligible for Medicaid um, so that they can then be put into an, an institution or a nursing home simply so that they can uh, basically continue to survive. And uh, it's, a, it's a real sick, insidious uh, situation. And if not, if you would be put into a nursing home, of course, that would be, I would assume, that would be fairly expensive if you're paying for this on your own. Oh, yes. Yeah, more expensive uh, than uh, having, you know, than getting those services provided in the home community-based setting. The the unfortunate part is, is because our federal dollars are so oriented towards the institution and so biased towards the institutional setting that the medical system in the country, the private sector medical system, and the so-called allied allied medical services system like personal care attendant services, durable medical equipment and all that, has all geared itself as well uh, to the institutional setting because that's where the money goes. So even for people who have personal resources, it's often difficult for them to set that up in their own home or in their own community because there simply aren't a lot of services out there because they've all been geared towards the institutional setting. <clears throat> so it's uh, uh, that's, See, that's why we need organizations like NICL. 
and that is why we need people involved. John, if you want to join Nickel, what do you do? Oh, that's real easy, Joyce. Go to our website, www.ncil.org, and you can get a membership blank right there. And uh, it's $35 for an individual membership. Uh, organizations that um, uh, believe in our principles, uh, the, the, the dues uh, can be more depending on their annual operating budgets. And for Centers of Independent Living and State Independent Living Councils, they are, they're our core members. They're the ones that drive our organization, and uh, um, and uh, they can sign up online as well. Fortunately, uh, the vast majority of them are already in our membership, but uh, there's a few out there that we'd like to have joined. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I last year had many of my employees join, and I'm going to do the same thing again because I think this is so important. And if you're listening to the show, remember, you will have access to information on what's happening that could impact you when you are part of Nickel. That's why, www.ncil.org. Is that right, John? That's correct. NCIL.org. And, you know, you can go right there and apply to join the organization, and I would encourage you to do that. John, we do have many questions that were sent in. I, I can only ask a few of them, but here is one of them. Uh, Mr. Lancaster, congratulations on being the executive director of Nickel. I know you'll do a good job to help all of us. As a young person, my question is, when we train our next generation of disability leaders, how do you think the independent living movement has changed since it in, its inception, and how can we light that torch of the next generation in order to address those changes most effectively? I think the most significant way the independent living movement has changed over the years is kind of within our um, selves. We've become um, we've grown significantly. Uh, we have many, many more um, people actively involved. We're starting to get the message out, um, even though uh, aging dollars don't necessarily go the way we want them to go either. Uh, the whole um, senior community is starting to see the value of what it is that we're talking about and embracing uh, independent living as uh, an approach to services for folks who are elderly, whether they have disabilities or not, although sooner or later we all start getting them. Mm -hmm. And uh, indeed, our Centers for Independent Living are, are seeing more and more people. Um, we've become more sophisticated ourselves. Nickel has grown. Our budget has grown. Our membership has grown. Um, we've branched out on our issues. Uh, we used to be primarily focused on uh, empowering people and uh, trying to get people out of institutions, and we're now uh, into a whole variety of issues from to to support people in truly living independently in their community. In other words, having the ability to get around. So we're involved in issues of transportation. Most importantly, having a place to live that's accessible and affordable. So we're involved in housing issues. Um, 
uh, having the health care support you need, whether it's personal care attendant services or your medications or whatever, so we're involved in health care issues. Uh, implementation of the ADA, being able to go out and participate in the community without uh, discrimination, being able to get into a movie theater or a restaurant or a school or your county courthouse or whatever. And so we're involved in issues of implementation of the Americans with Disabilities Act and strengthening it. And most importantly, having economic self-sufficiency, having a job. So we're involved in issues related to employment. So we're um, in, in tangential to them are issues of assistive technology and information technologies and access to those issues. So we're uh, we're involved in many, many more issues, Joyce, but at the core of it all are our, are our real principles. Choice on behalf of the individual with a disability themselves, being in control of their own lives, and being able to truly get out there and participate. One minute, one minute. Well, I'm glad to hear, John, that you're also, that the Center for Independent Living is working in other areas because, you know, we have so much to do. As you said, I find employment for people and then they can't find a place to live. So, you know, what's the point of finding employment when then you don't have a place you can live? So we we do need help in all of these areas, but you're right. It's all about choice. At the end of the day, it all comes down to independent living and choice. And we're going to be going to break for a minute. You're listening to John Lancaster, my guest and my friend, and a friend to all people with disabilities the Executive Director of the National Council on Independent Living. This is America's Voice. VoiceAmerica.com. We'll be right back after break. At Vendor Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.benderofcanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.benderconsult.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. The powerhouse of Internet Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. 
If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, echopreneur, author, and green living maven, brings you an upbeat, fun exploration of the doables of living a more earth-friendly life. Kim cuts through the noise and urban myth of green do's and don'ts and shows that it is possible to live green easily, from hip organic weddings to exotic echo travel to healthy personal care products. Get the most current trends and tips from the experts for living a more planet-friendly and human lifestyle. Live in the Green Life with Kim Carlson, broadcast each Thursday at noon pacific 3 p.m eastern on the voice america channel living the green life for a human healthy and planet-friendly lifestyle if you are a self-published author or an independent publisher you know how difficult it is to gain maximum exposure for the latest ways to increase publicity for your work tune into on the same page with maxine thompson every tuesday at 6 a.m pacific time on the show, Maxine will interview thriving independent authors and give you the opportunity to call in and have your questions answered. She will also teach you fresh and innovative ways to gain more visibility and enhance sales for your book. The printed word has the ability to record culture and make history. Once again, that's On the Same Page with Maxine Thompson, every Tuesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time. Make your words count on voiceamerica.com. From our home to your speakers, voiceamerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. This is Joy Spender, and we have as our guest today John Lancaster, the Executive Director of Nickel. And John, before I forget to talk about this, I want to make sure that I talk about your 25th anniversary of Nickel. I think it's next year. Is that correct? That's correct, Joyce. We're we're heading into our 25th year. That is wonderful. I wondered if you might want to share with our listeners what plans you have and how you plan on using that forum to get the media involved. And also, you know, what are you, you know what what's going to happen? I assume you're having a big conference. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yes, we're going to be having our. Um, uh, 24th annual conference. It'll be the 25th anniversary of us as an organization in our in our 24th uh, annual conference, and uh, it's going to take place at the uh, at the end of end of the year next year, or at the end of July next year. It's going to be, I believe, the exact dates are July 28th through uh, uh, August 2nd. Uh, they're posted up on our website. Um, and it's going to be an exciting conference this year. We're going to have a, a great track of uh, of workshops as we normally do. We're going to have some really great speakers, um, and we're going to have an exciting theme. The theme this year is going to be focused on uh, passing the torch of us older uh, folks with uh, disabilities that are uh, soon to be within the senior camp uh, have got to start building the um, the leadership within the organization among the younger people. 
And uh, we are doing that, and we're starting to focus on youth more and more and to get young people um, involved as activists on the issues that we work on because, unfortunately, we still have a long way to go in this country. And that's going to be um, the theme around what uh, that we build our 25th anniversary around, Joyce, and we're going to be start passing the torch. And uh, so we're going to have an exciting an exciting conference. It's going to focus on uh, our younger membership and uh, the, the younger people that work in our centers for independent living around the country. And uh, we're going to be uh, looking at how we build leadership, how we get uh, young people more involved in the independent living movement, and how we ensure that young people with significant disabilities that are transitioning out of the school systems do not end up in a state institution or a nursing home or in a restrictive family environment. That instead they're going into the community fully participating with access to housing and transportation and employment and recreation with, with their rights being honored and uh, with access to the to the assistive technology and the internet and the other things that they need to function in this modern day society. So our whole focus in the 25th year is going to be on young people. That is fantastic. You know, when you, I hear you talking, it reminds me of Yoshiko Dart. <laughs> well, always I, talking about. I love Yoshiko. She is just a fantastic person, and I have the, had the honor to to work with her and uh, her deceased husband Justin. You know, the real hero of our community and leader of still of our our community for for many years, and uh, it was the biggest probably honor of my life. So it's, uh, she's a she's a great person and has just a terrific uh, commitment to youth. And uh, she does. Yeah, when I talk about Yoshiko, you know how I describe her. She's the real deal. <laughs> Yoshiko is the real deal. She's genuine. What I mean is she always takes time for everyone at every level. She, as you know, is the most modest, humble person, just as her husband was, you know, never wanting the glory. Do, do you know what I mean? Yep. And she is, I just am very honored to be friends with Yoshiko. I, I really am. But she is one of the people that really hammered that home with me, you know, about about the youth, about young people. And, and we constantly refer people to me, and that's why just this past um week we had Rebecca Hare on the show to talk about what you're talking about, you know, passing the torch, handing the torch, getting other people involved, and as Rebecca said, making sure they're prepared, you know, making sure they really understand the disability community and IDEA and the ADA, you know, as they're out there talking, and and, um, and I, I think that's wonderful. Now, how do people go to this conference or register for this conference? Well, we haven't started the registration process yet. That will happen in uh, early 2007. And you can stay informed uh, by watching our website. The, the dates are up on the website. The, the venue is going to be here in Washington, D.C. at the Grand Hyatt where we were last year. And it, like I said, it will be at the very end of July. Uh, that week that uh, drifts over into the first and second of uh, August, and uh, 
Um, we'll be putting all the details up, and people will know how to register, and all of that will be up on our website uh, come 2007. And uh, and not only that, we'll <clears throat> shortly after the first of the year, the whole kind of agenda, the um, the lineup of the workshops and and who the speakers are that are committed at that time will all you know start showing up on um, on our website. So the the best way to stay informed about our our 25th year and the conference next year at this point would be to uh, to log into our website on a on a regular basis. And even better yet, join join Nickel. That's correct. Join Nickel. Go to go to www.ncil.org. $35. Join the organization or John, did you say there's corporate membership too? Uh there there is. We have what we call our organizational category of membership where we welcome in Everything from corporations to other nonprofit organizations to uh, even government uh, agencies, if they believe and agree with what we're about and uh, and want to support us, uh, that's an excellent way for them to do so. And, and what is that level of membership? Well, it depends on their annual operating budget. Now okay. we do we do cap it, but uh, for. Uh, some very, very, very large corporation like, let's say, uh, General Motors, if they wanted to, uh, um, or Microsoft, if they wanted to join Nickel as a member and support us, it would be uh, $2,500 a year. And then for a very small, say, nonprofit organization with a very small operating annual budget, the dues might be as low as $140 a year. So it, it depends on their... Uh, annual operating budget. What but we, a deal that is! But we do we do cap it. So I, I thought you were going to tell me for these large corporations it was twenty five thousand a year. No, no, but we would like it if they would support us with uh, significant uh, contributions like that. And this past year, uh, I'm pleased to say we did have a uh, um, a number of corporations that have supported us significantly at levels like that. Verizon being one. Uh, um, Walmart being another, um, so uh, Singular Wireless has been a big supporter. We've had a number of corporations that uh, that have stepped forward and have uh, really, uh, really supported us. Walmart in particular was an interesting one because, uh, as you know, there's been a lot of controversy around some of their employment practices and uh, and uh, whether or not they're doing enough related to uh, health insurance for employees, et cetera. And um, uh, we said, Walmart, we would love it if you would uh, support us, but, um, you know, frankly, it's conditioned on your willingness to work with us to look at your employment practices and the access to your stores and facilities as it relates to people with disabilities. And if you're willing to do that, um, and are serious about that, and um, we would we would love to have your support, and let's figure out a process for doing that. And to Walmart's credit, that's uh, exactly what they're doing, and we're engaged in a conversation with them. The next meetings are going to be at the end of September, and um, so that, that's an interesting process. We're also hopeful, obviously, that they will be even bigger supporters of Nickel if this process uh, works and continues to move forward. Um, and uh, they claim that uh, it's uh, it's their desire to be the uh, employer and retailer of choice for people with disabilities. So 
um, we're working to uh, uh, support them in making that happen, and we're willing to work with any corporation that wants to uh, to take that stand to uh, uh, to make sure that their products, their services, um, their employment opportunities are truly available in a meaningful, uh, non-discriminatory way to people with disabilities. I give you so much credit for that, John. That is where integrity really comes forward. How many organizations would say, well, well, let me think about this. I mean, it's not that Nicholas likes rolling in the dough here. So, you know, for, for John to do that shows you, if you're listening to the show, how serious they are about their integrity and character. And that is why you should join Nickel. Right now we're going to go to break for a minute, and then we'll be back again with John Lancaster, the Executive Director of Nickel. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S. and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com At Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, our mission is to provide superior technology consulting services to our customers while creating career opportunities, independence, and freedom for people with disabilities. While the demand for skilled technology professionals is reaching an all-time high, over 13 million disabled Americans, many of them experts in technology, remain unemployed. Since 1995, Bender Consulting Services Incorporated has worked to solve these critical social and business issues by providing employers with reliable talent and giving individuals with disabilities the chance to display their talents and enhance their lives through solid careers. If you're a person with a disability seeking employment, send us your resume via email to resume at BenderConsult.com. For more information about our services, visit www.BenderConsult.com in the U.S., and www.BenderOfCanada.com in Canada. Bender Consulting Services Incorporated, providing and creating employment opportunities, freedom and independence for people with disabilities. www.BenderConsult.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866- 
472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and I'll tell you what, I hope you heard this whole show today. If you did not hear the entire show, make sure you go to voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com and listen to the archives because what an important show with John Lancaster, the executive director of Nickel, as our guest. And, John, one thing I did want to talk about, I saw that Nickel partnered with NOD, the National Organization on Disability, to discuss access for people with disabilities in worship. And I don't know how many people realize that many churches, synagogues, and mosques are not accessible. I am friends with Jenny Thornburg, and I know that nationally she has just dedicated her life to this and, and really led the way in this area. Um, so I'm happy to see Nichols doing this. How do you plan on partnering in this area? Well, we're going to continue um, partnering with NOD in, in this important area of access for people with disabilities to worship. And um, this past year at our annual conference, uh, NOD, number one, supported our annual conference, which we are very grateful for. And we also provided them a, a significant venue um, to roll out um, one of their programs so that all uh, may worship um, with our Centers for Independent Living uh, that were in attendance at the conference, which is uh, virtually all of them, and to lay out the program for them on how they can work with the churches, the mosques, the synagogues in their communities um, to make sure that they are accessible, not only in the sense of is the physical facility accessible, but is it accessible in a communication sense? Is it welcoming to people with disabilities? Do they reach out to the disability community? All of it and things that these centers can be doing. And a number of centers uh, within our membership are embracing this and are working in their own communities around the country and developing uh, based on the model that is being um, uh, put forth by NOD and Jenny Thornburg that um, reaching out to the, the churches and the mosques and the synagogues and the places of worship in their community uh, to ensure that this is happening. So we're going to continue encouraging that and continuing to work with NOD to um, have them support our member centers uh, that want to engage in this important work. That's wonderful. Because how terrible it is when a person with a disability can't even get into their church or synagogue or mosque, how terrible that is. Jenny Thornburg really had an impact on me because I have been telling our church about the need for sign language interpreters for a long time. And when I went to, and, and she told me, just keep bothering them. So what I did is when I would give them my offering, and, you, and there's a place there for other, I would designate this money to be used for sign language interpretive services. Guess what? Guess what they started having? Sign language interpreters. So you know she's right. You've just <laughs> got to keep on it. And, and I'm really glad to hear that, that you're doing that. That is great. And, and Jenny Thornburg's wonderful in this area. 
Yes, she's uh, been a true leader across the country and has gotten a lot of people engaged in this work, and uh, and it's making a difference. You're starting to see more access everywhere to places of worship for people with disabilities. John, I wanted you to give us a quick update on what's happening in New Orleans and Biloxi with the Independent Living Center there. Uh, well, there um, the the one in Biloxi uh, in is a satellite of uh, the major center in Mississippi, and uh, it's uh, pretty much up and running and functioning, and they're providing services down in the area again. And the same with uh, the New Orleans Center. Uh, the New Orleans Center is, uh, they're all still struggling with a tremendous uh, workload down there because of uh, people with disabilities that um, have just simply still do not have access to housing and the type of supports that they need. Um, the picture in uh, Louisiana is particularly bleak right now. Um, because of the severe impact of Katrina, uh, funding for services uh, statewide in all kind of areas, whether it's education or um, rehabilitation or independent living or health care, whatever, housing is, is, is just being cut. And because the state just doesn't have any uh, sufficient money, and uh, and that has happened to the independent living program. So the centers down there in Louisiana, while they've seen this tremendous increase in caseload, they're also having their their state funding cut. At the same time, the one area of funding in Louisiana that's going up is funding under Medicaid to nursing homes oh. for per bed placements. So the picture, while independent living services go down, funding in nursing homes go up, you know what's happening. And lack of housing opportunities, you know what's happening to people with severe disabilities. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. That is absolutely terrible. Horrible. Yes, I'm going to be doing work, uh, Bender Consulting Services, in the Mississippi area, and it's very close to New Orleans where we are. And one of the big problems right now is for people who have paratransit to get yep. to work. Yep. I mean, it's, it's, as you said, it's a very bleak situation in that area, but, you know, we will continue to be supportive of Nickel. And, and if you want to make a contribution to Nickel, um, in addition to joining, if you want to make a contribution, send that contribution to www.ncil.org, um, and they will be happy to accept your contribution. Well, John, I wanted to ask you over the next few years at Nickel, what are your big plans? What, what do you hope to accomplish? Well, um, number one, for me personally, I want to, uh, before I retire, and I figure i got a few more good years in me, but I'm a, I want to make sure that Nichols in really great shape financially, that this important uh, uh, nonprofit organization can continue to make sure that this independent living movement continues to progress. And we have made progress, but we still, unfortunately, have a long, long way to go. So that's one thing I want to accomplish. Second, I want to have us, I'd love to see us get uh, uh, MACASA in place, and uh, that's the uh, Medicaid Community-Based Attendance Services and Supports Act, and we've been introducing that and gotten 
support in Congress for it for a number of years now, but never enough to to, to move it along the way we want. And this would redirect the focus of Medicaid long-term services programs from institutions to home and community-based supports once and for all. It would trump MFP and all these waivers and state options and just make it clear, hey, if a person wants to be in the community, they damn well ought to be able to live in the community in this country. And uh, we want that made message loud and clear. We want the money to follow it that way. And so that's another thing we want to accomplish. And I'd love to make some significant um, accomplishments in the whole area of employment. And to do that, we're going to need to reform the Social Security Administration laws as they relate to disability. And uh, that's going to take some real serious work. What this country needs is income support insurance. We need employment support insurance. We need to insure people who want to work, but because of lack of health care and certain other supports, they cannot. There needs to be insurance to supply employment supports. I'm with you on that, John. Well, John, it was a pleasure having you on the show. What message do you want to leave with our listeners today? Well, number one, Support nickel, support independent living so that when you get to be uh, disabled and elderly, you don't have to go into a nursing home. So please go to our website, www.nickel.org, and join as a member or learn how you can send us a contribution. John Lancaster said we are out there to support individuals and maximizing their personal potential fully participating in society and becoming economically self-sufficient. That is in reference to nickel. Join www.ncil.org. John, it's always a pleasure to have you as our guest. We're behind you 100%. And to every one of you, I look forward to talking to you next week. This is Joyce Bender on America's Voice, Voice America. Dot com where disability does matter. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.